Well, my name is Georgia Ann Wilcoxon, and I'm called Georgia in certain decades and Georgie by my family. And one time I told a group of federal executives that, and they all started calling me Georgie, thinking that they were my family. Um, I never had a time in my life when I felt that I was not accepted as a person who happens also to have uh, a, an orientation toward intimate relationship being with women rather than men. So um, as I discovered that I was in fact not a heterosexual, it was often in the context of, of churches or conferences or in, this, in my case going to seminary and preparing and deciding which seminary to go to. And um, my calling as I, when I, when I was identifying primarily as Presbyterian, my calling was to find a setting in which I could um, utilize my, the talents and gifts that God's given me. And that's always been kind of the question of where am I being called? So that took me to um, seminary teaching in public school, seminary uh, work in um, action-oriented kinds of learning and experiential learning. And a major stream for that uh, was always civil rights, the rights of human beings. So in 1960, when I was in Nashville and in college, we were participating in sit-ins with Fisk University students and um, our white professors at Peabody College, now Vanderbilt, um, had kind of secret meetings of, of uh, students who wanted integrated groups. We didn't know that we were part of a national movement. We were just there, being faithful as we understood we needed to be. And that kind of approach has been what's happened. I have found myself in places where I could see what uh, I needed to discern, uh, what is required of me in this setting to be faithful, and that's always been a process of learning. Uh, I think I identify myself most centrally as an educator. Um, I went to PSCE, Preston School of Christian Ed, and um, experiential learning, the teaching learning process was a major part of that. And I would later, after getting fired from a local church for social justice issues, um, but I learned that in fact there was a background of suspicion that I was in fact gay. Even though I went mar uh, engaged to a Jewish man, we ended up breaking up when I got clearer and clearer that I really am a lesbian. But I never saw that as any threat uh, to my relationship with God. Um, let's see. So it's I'm what I'm eighty. I'm I'm seventy six. Yes, I started taking the Menda to try to work on my memory, but it's still a challenge. And all of these decades, um, but a critical time for me was when I was serving on the uh, Southern Presbyterian. Board of Christian Education. And at that time, there were no known out gay people in either denomination, the Northern, the 
United Presbyterian Church in the USA or the Presbyterian Church in the US at that time. And having been in one of the first merged congregations in Kentucky, I was looking both to the Northern Church and the Southern Church as to where I would serve. And I went to a conference at Montreat and learned about a new curriculum called Covenant Life Curriculum. And in, that took me to, into the Southern Stream and at, to PSCE. Um, while I was there, I became clear that in fact, my loving relationships were, was toward a woman. And that's been kind of what I've always discovered, even though I would keep, I got engaged several times uh, to men, and then I figured out they were so wonderful, but I just couldn't marry them. And so that's been the pattern for me in terms of sexuality. Um, when I came out to some friends in the, at the Board of Christian Ed, um, I then was clear. Um, in 73, actually, I came to a conference here at Stony Point, which is amazing, uh, with Paulo Freire, who wrote Pedagogy of the Oppressed. And, and I was at that time leading simulation games that I'd written on world hunger around the country. And my, my uh, profits from the simulation games were, uh, I negotiated more than a normal uh, uh, amount that um, John Knox Press paid for. Uh, because it was it was not a book it was a simulation game it's on world hunger and I had had a an experience meeting Odetta when Odetta was singing in this nightclub about <coughs> urban poverty and the ghetto and it was a bar where I was spending a lot of money to hear Odetta and the money I was spending was from a game that I wrote about poverty and I had that moment of, I can't do this. I can't be a privileged person and be working for the, um, uh, I can't say it now, but revolution that would turn the world upside down. So when I came here, uh, they committed to do that, but when I came here, uh, Paolo Freire said to us, you Americans know what you're against, but you don't know what you're for. And his model of the oppressed uh, and the oppressor just being turned upside down uh, is not going to help anything. We're always going to have the oppressed. And the concept then was transformation, where we all have a new paradigm, which is not an over and below. So that's guided me in how I've worked for liberation of whatever groups are oppressed. And so in the Presbyterian movement to include gay and lesbian and all sexual minorities, I've tried to understand that I am primarily um, the person with power. I may be a woman, I may be a lesbian, but economically I'm a person with power. And so I wanted to work with people to do conscientization to raise the consciousness of people who have power um, and help all of us with power create a, live by a paradigm of abundance for everybody. So that's been a primary guidance for how I've worked with this. So that led me um, 
to leave the Presbyterian denomination um, after I was serving on the Northern Presbyterian um, uh, Program Agency in New York as a director of youth ministry for that denomination. It led me to the local level, and that's where I've tried to work since then. <clears throat> so, I felt I was not able in the denomination to be um, changing things. So, I, I moved out of that, but always my spiritual path was, was the facilitating process for what I did next. And so that took me into the federal government, took me into private corporations, took me into computer sciences, took me into uh, process improvement, business process uh, re-engineering, uh, a whole different world of technology, mostly working with Republicans when I was a Democrat, always uh, working as kind of the minority uh, voice within what was the dominant culture. So that's kind of been my strategy. Um, then I've learned, uh, Letty Russell and I were talking about what is the most strategic thing we can do? And I was trying to be strategic, and Letty said, we can't have a hit parade of, uh, of oppressions. We, we don't need to have what's the worst, and that's where we have to go. And the whole concepts of systems came when I was working at the Board of Christian Education in Richmond. And to me, the biblical concept of the body and all its parts is a perfect image for understanding so helping organizations and groups understand themselves as a system has been a major part. Experiential learning has been a major part. So my doctoral work was in how do we create environments where people can learn, because that's one of our greatest needs, and how can we create environments in which people create. So my doctoral work was in management and education and all of that was influenced so much by the Presbyterian School of Christian Education. And so I, I was a DCE, Director of Christian Education, and so I've now been a DCE in federal agencies and in private corporations and so forth. And my primary way of um, trying to work for change is to be the, the most faithful person I can and be as open as I can. So I was open in the Southern Presbyterian Church in the early, prior to, prior to the 70s. And um, I've been a Quaker now for about 20 years. Um, and Janie and, and I were very early the oldest lesbians who came out first, Southern and Northern. And um, Janie called me up the other day and said, you want to come to this conference? We have to have a Southern perspective. and." And so I came with my life partner of now 26 years, who's a Presbyterian minister who has been blocked from her serving her church. And um, we are working now as, as Quakers in Charlottesville, Virginia. And it's wonderful that it's, it's a small enough unit that we can have the relationships that I believe, for me, is the primary way to work for change. <clears throat> Incredible story. So, um, if you could 
take it from where you just paused in this present moment. Being with the group that has gathered at this new time of uh, where inclusion is legislatively the rule of the day. So it changes the changes the texture of the conversation and the and the, and the move forward. I'm wondering if you could celebrate or give some you know emotional reflection, emotional reflection, reflection about your emotion of of the gathering, and then kind of look forward. You know, using your experience to kind of just to, 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 to sketch a path forward um, as relates to the movement and some of the priorities that, in your view, are called for. I think my major feeling is comfort. Someone said, you know, just in the last group, don't use comfort as your measure for what's the right language, as you're seeking language. But for me, what I feel right now is a deep level of comfort. And my feeling has to do with, it doesn't matter whether I work in the Presbyterian denomination, or the Quaker meeting, or the city council. I'm comfortable and I have a lot of confidence that, though I'm not going to be working in the Presbyterian denomination, it's just one, there are just many, many settings, and I have this sense that we're all just gonna keep going forward. Um, we're not going to win. We're gonna continue the struggle. But we can continue the struggle with much more peace by knowing that the struggle is being one in process. And that is, the, that is, the dominion of God, being engaged in that struggle, and being able to be peaceful in that process. And I think that um, I didn't have any need to tell people that I'm not going to be working in the denomination. Um, I didn't have any need to say the things I'd heard over and over in order to emphasize them. I, I feel like we're just finding our way. And an image for me is that during these years in the Presbyterian denomination, it's like we were all singers in this huge opera. And everybody had their part and we were just singing with such power and passion and fear and hurt. And then right now the, the opera's kind of over, this part, and the curtain comes up and we look around and we understand each other's parts. So we're no longer in uh, any contention. So the different strategy we, we use of confrontation or dialogue or whatever they were, people who were in, people who were out, uh, kind of melted away. And being here has helped me feel that melting away and more important to me, see it melt away in some people for whom it had not melted. Singers in the so. Um, so if Act 1 has just closed, what is Act 2, do you think, uh, as you project how from a storyline perspective? How wonderful, yes. Uh, for me, um, the networks are kind of renewed. As somebody who's looking toward the years probably of dementia, I think about 
all these networks in the brain and uh, like my medication just kind of kicked in here and I've reconnected a lot of these networks that are going mm -hmm. on and I'm looking forward to having that added energy and, and awareness. Um, for me, where those settings will be, I'm working mostly in mental health and Israel and Palestine. Those are the two areas that I feel called to work in. And I don't call myself a Christian. I call myself a Quaker. Uh, for a while, I call myself a trans-Christian, that I'm, I haven't given up Christianity. I'm just moving beyond it. So um, to me, the most, one of the most important things is for us to get different faiths to understand each other. Uh, one of the most important is to work on economic justice and class issues. Um, I think racial issues, I think gender, all of those are important. To me, class, meaning privilege, that's what I, I plan to be working on and am working on. So as a final closing comment, um, with all of your experience um, and with your current perspective, um, the people that will be watching these are people that, who will have some historic interest. But there will be some who will watch them in some sort of identity quest. So um, as a message to Identity the, what? Identity quest, sorry. Quest. Um, for those who are from your community who are trying to make their way, I would like you to, to, to just give a, give a message to, 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 to those folks from your, from your seasoned perspective? Mm. Keep walking the spiritual path. And there will be times when you cannot imagine that there's an answer, that there's faith, that there's God, that there's goodness. And if you just keep at it, there will be light, and you will know, and you'll feel strength and comfort. That's the, the key thing is keep at it, and then observe how often that's happened, and you'll build up more and more strength. Mm -hmm.